everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Worship Online. Um, I'm coming to you from my dining room tonight. It's, um, it's very hard to find a place in my house that is quiet, but right now this is it. So it's good to be with you guys. I hope you're doing well and had a good weekend. Are weekends any different than the week right now? Does it all just blur together for everybody else? But here we are on Monday, and Monday does not blur together because Monday is a special day because we're all together. And so I'm really glad that you made time to be here tonight. Um, we are fat and happy here at the Magruder house. Tonight, Salem made Buckeyes, those little, um, usually you make them at Christmas, peanut butter balls dipped in chocolate. And um, they're a lot of work, and so I don't usually make them, but I like to eat them. And so we had those tonight, and we ordered some Razzo's Pizza here in Rochester. Um, our very own Julia Mays, her family owns that restaurant. And um, so we ordered some pizza tonight, and um, we've been doing that fairly regularly throughout this um, quarantine shelter at home thing. And um, I was, it got me thinking, you know, that there aren't a whole lot of options in Rochester, which is why we go to. Razos, but it got me thinking if you could only eat at one restaurant for the rest of your life and um, it would be free for the rest of your life, what restaurant would you choose to eat at? Okay, so for the rest of your life, if you could only eat at one restaurant and it would be free of charge forever, what restaurant would you choose? Put that in the um, chat. I want to see what you say. I had some thoughts about this. I was first I kind of leaned towards like a Cracker Barrel because that's, you know, like the comfort food, the good old American kind of, you know, the staples. But then I thought I would um, probably gain way too much weight. So then my second choice was Bob Evans. I don't know why. I don't I don't know. I probably haven't been to Bob Evans in years. But I think I was thinking that like Bob Evans is kind of like Cracker Barrel, but it also has maybe more healthy options too, and a dessert case, which would be nice. Um, so maybe I would go with Bob Evans. What would you go with? What would be your restaurant? I'm interested to see that. So, um, so we, uh, Christian Student Fellowship, we meet on Monday nights, whether that's on campus or it's here as we're socially distancing, um, but we meet on campus to encounter God and um, to be known by Him because that changes everything. Um, I'm so excited to be part of a community that wants to know God. And um, we do believe that it changes everything. And so while we're in this season of just kind of everything being turned upside down, um, we wanted to talk about some different spiritual practices that help us to stay centered when everything else is very uncertain, when things are off kilter and unsteady. What are the spiritual practices that are going to help us stay on track, um, help us stay focused and centered? and on mission with Jesus. And so we've been talking about a lot of different things. Um, so far, we talked about uh, Lectio Divina the first week, and David taught about this. Lectio Divina is just really this 
way of reading scripture and chewing on it and thinking about it, meditating on it um, to get the most out of it that we can. Last week we talked about silence and solitude and the idea that we needed to make space and create margin so that we could be still and hear from God. And I would love to hear from you. Um, did anybody try that this week? Anybody have an experience with silence and solitude this week? Put it in the chat and I would love to read those. And here, if you say, you know, maybe you're like, yeah, it killed me. It was really hard or um, it was really nice to be quiet. I'd love to hear about that. Tonight, we're going to talk about scripture memory. And I know some of you are immediately going, no, I, I can't memorize scripture. Like, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at memorizing. Uh, that's too hard for me to do. Let me put on my mom hat here for a minute and, and say you can memorize scripture. Um, you can memorize all kinds of things and you don't even realize it. You memorize music all the time. Your favorite musician, your favorite artist drops a new album and you listen to that thing over and over again until you know the lyrics to every song. You even know the lyrics to songs that you don't like um, by artists that you can't stand. You still learn a lot of those lyrics to songs. Um, we learn things, we memorize things without even realizing it. Um, TikTok references, office quotes, um, memes, the Pledge of Allegiance, like all, there are all kinds of things that we memorize, that we pick up and we move to our long-term memory in our brains. And so I believe that you can memorize things. I think it comes through repetition. The more we hear it, um, the more we practice it, the more we'll remember it. Um, and the more we want to remember. Like we, we remember jokes because we want to remember it so we can tell it to somebody else. We remember those office quotes because we want to be funny at a party. <laughs> um, we're motivated to remember different things. So what is our motivation for memorizing scripture? Maybe when you were a kid, if you grew up going to church um, or Sunday school, your motivation for memorizing scripture was candy. Anybody, anybody have that? Anybody remember like getting to go to the treasure box or the treasure chest and get a piece of candy for memorizing scripture? Um, when I was in college, I was starting to um, own my faith more. And so I was going to Bible study and I was um, learning a lot. But I was so envious of my friends who had grown up in churches or in homes where they memorized scripture uh, because I felt like I didn't know anything. And to hear some of my friends just be able to rattle off verses or to know where things were in the Bible um, was so cool and I was so jealous. So um, I was motivated then to learn um, to learn scripture, to memorize scripture. You know, RD talked about that uh, at the Cafe Devo this week. If you tuned into that on Thursdays at 3.30, we do this Cafe Devo. And RD talked about growing up in Christian school and memorizing Romans chapter eight, I think. So he was one of the kids that I was jealous of in college. 
Um, I think I'm also motivated by now by this um, desire to really know God's word and be able to communicate it effectively. And like today alone, just today, at least twice, I was in conversations where I said things like, well, there's this verse somewhere that um, says something like, and then I try to piece together as much of it as I can remember. And I hate that. Um, I want to be able to remember God's word clearly and use it effectively. And thankfully, I believe that God can still work through my fumbling through, but, um, but I want to do better at knowing God's word so I can use it. So, but the, the best reason, the best motivation that we should have for memorizing scripture is that Jesus did it. And we are disciples of Jesus. We are apprentices to him. We are learning the craft. We are learning to live like him and to talk like him and to walk like him and um, and Jesus knew scripture. He memorized scripture. And so we should want to do that as well. You know, Jesus didn't memorize scripture to show off um, or to get prizes at Sunday school class. Um, but he often used scripture to help other people have a fuller picture of who he was, to understand who he was even better. Um, this week I was reading in the Gospels in the book of Matthew. And in Matthew chapter 11, there's this really beautiful encounter that I don't think I've ever noticed before between Jesus and John the Baptist. They're not in the same place, so it's kind of like they're, they're socially distanced. <laughs> um, but they're in two different places. John the Baptist, if you remember, uh, was a prophet. He had a mission to prepare the way for the Lord, that that was his message, prepare the way for the Lord. The kingdom is near, um, repent. And that was his whole job was to prepare people for Jesus arrival. And so Jesus comes on the scene and John the Baptist um, is asked to baptize him. So John the Baptist, Baptist baptizes him. Um, and then Jesus starts on his ministry and they kind of go their separate ways. And John the Baptist ends up in prison because of his preaching and eventually will be executed. And so John the Baptist is kind of in this, um, in this place of knowing that the end is near. And he sends word to Jesus um, saying, essentially saying, I just want to know, are you the one? Are, are you really the one that we were waiting for? And I think it is so interesting and so tender for John the Baptist to be asking the question, I think, was it really worth it? Um, was all this worth it? And so um, Jesus hears this, um, that John the Baptist has asked this. And he says, you go back to John and you tell him this, that the blind see and the lame walk and the dead rise from the dead. And, um, and he gives this encouraging, hopeful pep talk to John the Baptist who is sitting in, in prison. And, um, but it's not just an encouragement like, yeah, yeah, it was worth it. Jesus does this really interesting thing because as he, as he says those words that the blind will see and the lame will walk, he's quoting scripture 
that he's quoting Isaiah 35. And that is scripture that John the Baptist, as a good Jew, would be very familiar with. He would know that. He would immediately recognize that. And so when we understand that, how Jesus is using that scripture, we understand that Jesus is fulfilling the scripture. What he's telling John the Baptist is, you knew this, you, you heard this, this hopeful thing that, that, this, that the blind will see and the, and the dead will rise from the dead. Um, that's what I'm doing. Like, I am fulfilling it. And so he is giving John this sweet confirmation that it really was worth it, that he really is who he says he is. Um, and I just love thinking about Jesus using scripture in that way to help John um, at the end of his life. So we, we memorize scripture because Jesus did it, because he used scripture, because it was important in his ministry. And we also memorize scripture because we know that what we put in our brains matters. Um, what we fill our minds with matters. And I've shared before, um, John Mark Comer is a pastor and an author, and he, when he talks about spiritual practices, he says, what we do does something to us. So positively or negatively, what we do does something to us. The choices that I make about how I treat my body, about how I use my time, all of those things do something to us. I wonder, have you ever memorized a scripture that has helped you, um, that's been really useful to you, that you've been able to come back to and you found maybe comfort from it or found guidance or wisdom from it. I'd love to know if, if you have one of those Bible verses that you know, like I know this verse, um, put it in the chat. I'd, I'd love to read those from you. I think one for me is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And um, last semester we studied Philippians in our small groups and um, you know, that it's one of my favorites, but the, the verse says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And that verse has been so helpful to me when I can feel myself getting anxious. And the way that I know that that's happening for me is um, I'll start to have these like conversations with myself. You ever, have, ever do that? Like you're having a discussion with yourself or playing out a conversation with somebody else and it just begins to go in a loop. Like I can't, I just keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And when that loop begins, I recognize I'm anxious about something. And that triggers the, the, the memory of this verse when I, when I can tell myself, oh, I'm anxious about something, then it triggers, oh, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition, through asking God, present your requests to him. And so that's a, a reminder for me when I get those anxious thoughts to stop and to pray and to present my requests to God because I can't do anything about it worrying. <laughs> Just worrying in that cycle does nothing. But I can ask God and I can present my request to him. So that scripture has been really helpful for me um, to have that memorized and have it on hand when I start to get anxious.
So if you have a Bible verse that's been helpful, uh, put that in the chat for us. Maybe it'll be helpful for somebody else too. So neuroscience tells us in no uncertain terms that what we think shapes us. Um, it shapes our reality. Think about your typical day, like your schedule, your normal schedule. What are the non-negotiable things in your day? Maybe you wake up, you get some coffee, you spend some time with God, maybe reading your Bible. Um, maybe there are things like meals or work or classes that are sort of non-negotiables. And really, I would bet that for a lot of us, some non-negotiables, like things we don't miss, are things like scrolling social media. Let me check up on my Snapchat. Let me check up on Instagram and see if there's anything new, if I have any messages. Um, Maybe those are, those are some of the things that we put in our normal schedule, watching YouTube videos, maybe a little Netflix binging. But I have some questions. How many of those things do you think about during the day that are helping you become more and more like Jesus? Like how many of those things that you spend time thinking about and doing are helping form you as a disciple of Jesus? Or maybe it's easier to answer how many of the things that you think about during the day are making you become more and more like the world around us. It's often some of those subtle things that affect us the most. Um, maybe right now you're reading a lot of articles that are negative and kind of doomsday-ish. Um, so maybe no wonder you're feeling depressed. No, no wonder you're feeling scared. Maybe the news that you watch is really critical and harsh. Um, maybe sometimes when you're watching that kind of stuff, you notice that in, in other areas of your life, you start to act a little bit more harshly. Or maybe you're vegging out um, with romance novels or movies that are filled with soft porn, and you realize that you um, are feeling dissatisfied with your relationship. Or um, maybe you are feeling jealous of your friends who have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Or maybe you're feeling particularly unhappy in your singleness. And perhaps it has something to do with the things that you're filling your mind with. So now more than ever, I feel the need to be focused on what is true and what is good and what is right. And I don't know about you, but I feel like the craziness of everything that's going on right now just feels really heavy. And so when things are stressful or hard, it's easy to listen to the lies instead of filtering them through to see what's really accurate and what's true. It's easy to believe lies like, this semester has been a waste. Or, I don't have any friends. Or, I just need to do what makes me feel good. Or, no one cares about me. Like, I'm the one in our friend group who's always giving. Or, if only I had fill in the blank, then I'd be happy. So I need to make sure that God's truth is at the front of my mind and at the tip of my tongue to combat the lies that are constantly filling our heads, filling our minds. So we make a practice of 
studying and meditating on and memorizing scripture because that's what Jesus did and because God's word is useful. Like God's word will help us. Um, Psalm 119 verse 130 says, The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So God's word gives understanding. It brings clarity to situations. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's word equips us for every good work. Whatever God has called you to do, whether it's loving your family better or serving your neighbors or sharing the gospel with your friends, there are no more excuses because God has equipped you through his word for every good work. He's prepared you and given you the tools that you need. Psalm 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. God's word makes us wise. And who doesn't feel like they need more wisdom, right? We're making decisions about what am I going to do this summer? Or is this the right, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend for me? How do I talk to my parents when things are really stressful? Um, We need all kinds of wisdom and God gives it to us through his word. So we memorize scripture because it's valuable, because it does something to us, um, because we're told in Romans 12 that, that that's the way that we're transformed, by the renewing of our minds, by changing the way that we think about things. And over time, as we practice, um, God uses that to shape us and to transform us into something new. So um, tonight, as we close, I I just want to give you a few um, examples of ways that I have memorized scripture. And and in different seasons, different things have worked, and you're going to need to just try it and see what works for you. But as a community, we're going to memorize Psalm chapter 27. And we're just going to start with the first three verses um, this week. And I'll read them to you. So you know what they are. So Psalm 27, starting with verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then, I will be confident. So this week, I would love for us to work on those first three verses. And I'm going to give you some suggestions. Um, I'm also going to start, um, I'm going to have like a little group for people that really want to do this with some accountability and with a buddy. Um, Put that in in the chat if you're interested in like, being part of a Marco Polo group or uh, group me where we'll just check in maybe once a week um, with our, our memory verses um, kind of put something that says I'm in, or, you know, I want to be in the group. Um, 
but I'd love for all of us to try this this week, okay? So here are some ways that, I, that have worked for me. First, writing and rewriting. This is so easy, but if you were to take 15 minutes and um, just as many times as you can, write out those first three verses. Just write them out over and over again, and the repetition will help you memorize. Um, number two, record yourself reading those verses in like a voice memo, or I have a, a scripture memory app that will do it. But while you're driving or you're taking a walk or doing dishes or whatever, um, play that voice memo over and over again. And while it's playing, don't just listen to it, but try to keep up with it and to say, recite the verse with it. Three, you can use a scripture memory app. Um, there are lots of them out there. The one that I use the most is called Fighter Verses, and um, it's a great place to store all the verses that I have worked on. It's got quizzes that you can use um, to help you like quiz yourself, like fill in the blanks, that kind of thing. Um, and so that's really handy, some games and other tools to help you memorize. Fourth, do it with friends. This has probably been the most effective way for me to memorize scripture is when I've done it with friends because that's the best accountability um, or with my family. Um, so like I said, if you want accountability to work on this together, put that in the chat. Let me know that and I'll add you to a group and um, we will help each other do this. And then fifth, do something silly. Um, make up a song, find a song, uh, lots of songs exist already for scripture memory, but um, our family has been using hand motions for years to memorize scripture. And so when the staff was talking about um, teaching this, I was going to be teaching this um, particular practice, David Lindsay said, you have to get Todd to do the hand motions because he just makes the funniest ones up. Um, so I can't wait to hear what method you try this week. Um, I am confident that memorizing scripture, any scripture, will do something to us, to change us, to form us, to shape us. And, um, and so I, I look forward to hearing about uh, your experience with this. So without further ado, my family, for your viewing pleasure, has um, made up hand motions for Psalm 27 verses 1 through 3. I hope you enjoy. <laughs> 